Welcome to the second viewing where we watch things twice so you can listen once. I'm Kyle. I'm Dan. And welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Feels like it's been a while, but you know what? This is regularly scheduled, so it's it's weird for us, you listeners yeah. out there, but it's not weird for you. So thank you for coming back each and every week. If you guys don't know, this is the podcast where myself and Dan look at movies for a second time to deem whether it's worth a second viewing or if it's not. We'd like to determine what was better, what was worse. We get into all the nitty gritty. And on the first part of the cast here, we like to talk just about our initial thoughts of the film. But even before we get into that, we, uh, we like to talk about what we've been watching. Things we've been up to, things we've been, you know, consuming in terms of media, TV shows, video games, movies, all that good shit. We want to bring that up for you guys because it's a nice little recap for the listeners out there, and it's a nice little recap uh, for us as well. So Dan, yeah. what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? I'm gonna dive right in because I got a couple things to talk about. It's deep dive. Um, first of all, I most recently saw Smoke and Aces. Ah, I've never smoking. seen it. I was looking for some kind of an action movie. Is that a um, sequel to The Mask? Just kidding, The Mask 2, hey. Son of the Mask is the sequel to The Mask. So Smoke and Aces is Thank what you. I saw. It is, uh, That's what I we got Chris Pine in there. Actually, f- f- fun fact, some dude was uh, promptly fired after being t- rude to somebody on set, and Chris Pine was hired uh, uh, after uh, 10 seconds of his audition or something ridiculous. Dang. Allegedly, according to IMDb. No, Chris Pine's an all right guy. I think I like Chris Pines. I, I generally can get into Chris Pine. He's cool. But, yeah. I, you know, I saw Smoking Nations like a long time ago. I can't say if I really remember much about it, to be honest. Well, I did mention Chris Pines first. He's really not a main character. He's yeah, just yeah, yeah, one yeah. of a, gr- I do remember a many either, group of assassins that are trying to beg and tag this dude, Israel, and uh, paying him. Uh, they're getting paid a million bucks to bring him back alive, I guess, is the... The deal, um, and there's a bit of a twist ending. It's you know it's your classic action movie, but wait, there's more. A little Shyamalan so, there. There's a little Shyamalan there, yeah. Um, did you but, enjoy it though? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think like some of the pacing was really weird, uh, but I think for the most part, I, I I I did enjoy it. They they sort of went, kind of jumped right in in and out of things really quickly, especially the, the action sequences um, and explanation at the end. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was good. Who else is in it? There's a, there's a, they're like Ryan Reynolds is in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of other dudes in it. Um, the main character, however, Israel, is relatively well-known. Is he, is he fake or? <laughs> is he real or is he? <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um. I'm bringing up the cast for you here. I'm going to bring up the okay. full cast. Yeah, we got Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, there we go. Yeah. Um, Buddy Israel. Oh, that's Jeremy Piven, the Jeremy guy from uh, Entourage, which I still think you should check out Entourage. Yeah, Ben Affleck in this, not for long. Dude, fucking spoilers here. No, I won't get into spoilers. Wow. <laughs> bring up the spoiler. Bring up a spoiler makes it a spoiler, but that's all right. So, oh, dude, Common's in here. I forgot about that. Yeah, Common's. Common was an actor for a bit. He still kind of is, I guess, but like. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, I guess moving on to the next thing I watched, which I was even more impressed with, was The Witch. Shout out to her boys at Elevation Pictures. But also, fuck Elevation Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> the Vavitch. You watched The Vavitch? The Witch, yes. The Vavitch. Yeah. Good flick. Really good flick. You know what? Uh, and I think I can bring this up safely. Yeah. Is that in the movie, if you guys have ever watched a movie where... Uh, the characters are not in the know, but you as the audience is in the know of kind of what's going on. Right. Um, this is a movie that does that really, really well. 
Okay, so, yeah, yeah, totally. And and I thought that was really, really cool because I wasn't expecting um, to know what was going on right away. I thought it was going to be similar to most any other recent horror movies I've seen, which is not many, to be honest, uh, where everyone's kind of in the dark and it plays on jump scares maybe a little too much. But this was very suspenseful, long, drawn-out shots, interesting dialogue, um, and kind of uh, uh, an interesting era. Yeah, I really liked that too. It, kind of, it actually kind of reminded me of uh, The Village, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Okay. Just bring it back to Shyamalan. No, but that movie's great though. Uh, the era, I totally agree with you, is a nice aspect of the film. But you're right, it's like so, it's artful. It's, a, it's almost like an art film, honestly, in a lot of ways. It, but it has those horror elements that make it a really good horror film at the same time. But I, And it's really, I think it's really approachable where some art movies aren't, as yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like a capital A yeah. art film, but it's at the same time, it, it really meshes yeah. those two worlds together really well, I think. Yeah, so I no, did I like that one really, too. really yeah. dig The Witch. I think I might have brought that up on my uh, recommend, what's it called? Not recommendations, but uh, what's it called when it's not quite, it doesn't quite make the list, but it's it's on there. Uh, our best of the year, I can't think <laughs> right now. Uh, honorable mentions. That's honorable I mentions. I think that was on my honorable mentions for 2016. I really did enjoy that, but I was yeah. also a little left sour because Elevation Pictures and me weren't getting along there for a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's cool though. Have you seen anything else or anything else you want to bring up? Uh, no, uh, not particular. Oh, I went back and started revisiting Shovel Knight, the uh, the pixel video game, which I'm, game, which I'm enjoying when I have some spare time. But uh, but that's about it for me. Lately. Are, are all games made out of pixels? This guy's trying to fuck me. Right Just, now. I'm curious, to be honest with you. I think I said the eight bit pixel. Didn't, did we'll I not? The, well, you guys will yeah, we'll the tape. rewind the tape, <laughs> you guys. guys no. God. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> Either way, I'm playing Shovel Knight. Hey, great Shovel Knight's game. a good game. They, uh, they released DLC for that, right? It's like a two player thing now or something like that. I uh, haven't downloaded any DLC oh, for okay. it. Okay. But uh, I'm still trying to get for past the original. Right. Um, oh God, I don't think I beat that game, but I got really. I remember I got pretty close to finishing it. I feel like. Oh really? I play. I have it on the Wii U. It's a good time. Man, Shout I out have to it the on Wii U. All <laughs> kinds of consoles. I have it on like oh, PC. Yeah. Shovel Knight's on everything. Uh, yeah. I think like my calculator can play Shovel Knight. <laughs> um, what about, cool, what about you, man? What's what's new on your radar well, these Well, I've been days? watching a lot of films lately, I'll be honest with you. Some I've seen before, I can see that. some I haven't, of course. Um, ones I'll bring up, though, I've been in a bit of a Sofia Coppola-like mood lately, trying to watch a lot of her films I haven't seen or haven't visited uh, recently before The Beguiled comes out, because I'm quite excited for that film. Uh, okay. And so I watched Somewhere, which is, I think, the only one of hers I just haven't seen at all. And um, Somewhere stars a very young Elle Fanning, and the guy who I can't remember right now, to be honest with you, but I know he's in a lot of action movies. Uh, actually, I don't really care, to be honest. But no, nonetheless, this is a beautiful film made by Sofia Coppola because it's a film that she doesn't really like center around uh, like a female main character, which is kind of what she's known for for most of the time, if not like very strong female characters. Um, and Elle Fanning's character in this is fantastic, but it just tells how great of a director she is because she tells a really like heartfelt and true story of a sad man basically and okay. I, I really like that because a lot of the time we praise her for you know what she's mostly known for but I think it's good to praise her for kind of her lesser known work and I, I wrote what, in Letterboxd here that it's easily her most underrated work because it's it's soft and it's simple and it's it's to the point without really being that drawn out and it's a similar style to like Lost in Translation um, not as frantic as the bling ring but 
I really, really, I, I, I like this a lot more than the bling ring actually. And I, I, for some reason, like I remember seeing the cover for it and kind of what it was about. And I kind of just like tossed it aside. I never really wanted to see it, but looking back at it, I definitely missed out when this originally came out because this is a hidden gem. I highly recommend everyone. If you haven't seen somewhere by Sophie Coppola, if I can dig deep and watch this, it's just a great story about, uh, a father taking care of his young daughter, basically when her, the, her mother is away, and he's well, a, they're separated kind of thing. It's it's always nice to come across those movies that you cast asunder, and uh, oh, turns yeah. out they end up being one of your one of your faves or making it up on your list. Well, which it, is, it feels cool. like a hidden gem in a way. I know yeah. I, it's not necessarily because I mean a lot of people have seen it. It's not necessarily a like obscure film by any means, but to me it kind of was. And going back and watching it, I really liked it. Um, Give it a solid four to five in letterbox. So, you know. I think. Um, I even give it a heart, so that's how you know I liked it. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, shout out to that really quick. Sophia's other uh, works, the only ones I've ever seen, is Lost in Translation. I guess. Dude, you got a peep game. Like she, have you ever seen Marie Antoinette? You may have seen that uh, with no. Kirsten Dunst. Okay. No. Uh, uh, Virgin Suicides. Ever see Virgin Suicides? No. Okay, you have a lot of peep game on. We'll get you. <laughs> we'll get you caught up before the beguile comes out, guys. That looks like a that looks like a fucking great film. Um, yeah, anyway, so somewhere, highly recommend. Um, I guess the other one I'll mention is like, I don't know, I kind of have a few I want to talk about, but maybe I'll bring up Prisoners. Have you ever seen Prisoners with uh, uh, Wolverine and Jake uh, Gyllenhaal? Oh, yeah, I have, that, I have seen that movie. That's a good... I've been flick. meaning to watch this for a long time, and uh, I don't know, we played it at the local theater in town that I work at, and I never got around to watching it then. Friends recommended it to me. It was on best of the year list. Never saw it still. I had it on Blu-ray for like a year. Still never saw it. Finally got sat down and watched it. And it's really good. It was, it was really, it's a lot better than I thought it would be because I knew it was two and a half hours long. Yeah. And I was kind of like, okay, Denis Villeneuve, love the guy, great direction, great director, a lot of beautiful scenes. But like I just assumed the film was going to be really slow. And in a yeah. way, it kind of is, but it's it's more melodic to its slowness in that the story it's telling is is really interesting and really gripping. Um, I, I, yeah, I actually liked it a lot. Another four to five on the letterbox for me, in case anyone out there is wondering, because I know you all, you all were. Respect. Um, I guess my only issue with that film was kind of, uh, it was telling such a tightly wound story, and then I feel like at the end, it was, it the buildup was, uh, was successfully paid off, but like the actual, like, thought behind the story seemed a little bit muddy to me. It seemed a little like, I feel like if we were to give that a, a second viewing, we would probably see some flaws in it, is what oh, I'm trying okay. to say. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but that was that was really the impression I got off. Otherwise, I probably would have rated a little bit higher because it really was like, uh, you know, trying to fly high based off the story and based off like the plot um, and everything that it was doing. Otherwise, it was really... Uh, lending well to that those ideas, and just, when those ideas kind of fell flat a little bit or felt convoluted, yeah. it made me feel like the overall picture was a little shaky. Okay. That being said, though, like those, are, I mean, it sounds like I'm being more negative than I am. I really did like it, and I, I would recommend yeah. watching it. it um, yeah, see, he, it he directed he directed film. Arrival too. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, Peep Game. You guys may have seen that already. That was a pretty big movie. Yeah. Uh, he's also going to be making Blade Runner, and that looks tight tits. So uh, That does look tight tits. Uh, hey, is uh, Ridley Scott going to be involved in Blade, Blade Runner? I think Runner he is. Yeah, he's producing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, shout out to Ridley Scott. Good old Ridley Scott. You see Alien Covenant? No. Yeah. I you know, have, like, have... that's a series, like, I just don't have much of a relationship with. I think I've seen, like, Alien 2 randomly, but not Alien 1. I've I've seen them, and or I aliens, like them. Aliens, sorry, not Alien 2. But People out there are going to fucking freak on me. All I, all I picture is, like, dark, green, 
and red color scheme and ever, all the movies blend together into the yeah. same color scheme for me and so they all kind of just morph into this one big uh I always put that in like now. the Star Wars camp for me where it's like it's so influential like beyond influential in terms of it's like character design and it's horror aspects and it's sci-fi aspects yeah. but at the same time it's like we've had 20 some years 30 some years of people either doing that poorly or doing it better to the point where we've seen so much of it that going back to it is kind of like a little dark this thing. is cool yeah but exactly it's 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 without i feel like you just have to be there when it comes out i feel like it's hard to really appreciate it when you're people our age or i maybe i'm just speaking for myself like but you know i i get i, I totally understand with you what you're saying i I don't have any desire to go back and watch the second Alien movie. Um, I've seen the first Alien movie. I've seen the second Alien movie. I think there's a third, yeah, right? Yeah, it's actually David Fincher, the guy who did, like, Gone Girl and Fight Club. That's his first film is Alien 3. Oh, really? Fun fact, yeah. And then... Uh, Probably the worst one. Never seen it. <laughs> and then I've seen the last two Alien movies that came out. Oh, I saw out. Prometheus, I guess. I keep oh, yeah. forgetting that's Prometheus is, like, in the world. I kind of like this... that, actually, to be honest. This... I know that got a lot of shit, but I kind of liked that one. Well, it's, yeah, Prometheus is okay, I think, like, in comparison to the other things, and in the world, it maybe right. has some flaws, but I, 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 nothing I that, that... I feel that. Yeah. I get that, yeah. Nothing, like, major, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess watching the trailer for this Alien Covenant, I was like, wait, didn't this happen in the last one? Yeah, like, it, it's like literally exactly how I thought was like, wait a second, it's the same movie. I mean, like immediately I see Fastbender and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, interest is heightened. Yeah, but Fastbender was in the last one. Well, dude, Fastbender can be in every movie. I'd, I'd I mean, I get, every movie. I get that. He, I get that he's a. Ro- <laughs> I get that he's a robot or an android or whatever, and maybe never I dies. But like, him being the best part of that movie, Prometheus. Looking back at it, he was like the comedic element. He was like the funny robot that said weird shit, and his head gets cut off. Spoilers at the end, and he's like, <laughs> "Fucking spoilers!" I, I said more than just like, keep talking, <laughs> and he's like, he's like just making weird ass jokes at the end with just his head rolling on the ground. I remember that was hilarious. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess you're right. This one just seemed like more of the same. In fact, it felt like a Prometheus 2. I haven't even seen the movie, but like I feel like yeah. that's what it looks like to me rather than Alien Covenant, which sounds badass, but maybe not in practice. I don't even get where it fits into the world because I feel like they're all the same. Well, I think, I, th- I think it's like Prometheus was kind of like one of those soft reboot things. So it's like, this is like a sequel to Prometheus, kind of, but it's taking elements from the alien universe. I don't even care. Fuck, let's get into the movie this week. Yeah, let's uh, drop that. Let's drop it. So if you're watching the video here, you guys can tell the, D- the Blu-ray we have here, which I removed the sticker m- like earlier, and it was thirty six ninety nine for this Blu-ray copy back in 2009. Yeah, but this is Avatar, of course. The highest grossing movie of our generation and potentially of all time. Basically all time. If you're not counting Gone with the Wind in terms of adjusting for inflation, then it's the second. But as far as I'm fucking concerned, this is the highest grossing film of all time. Highest, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say 100%. that. 100%. Like adjusting for... Or, or regu- like In terms of like our day and age. In terms of our day and age, adjusting for inflation, it is... $2.7 billion. Yes. Which is... $600 million more than Titanic, the same director's previous film. <laughs> and of course, we're talking about Mr. James Cameron, a Canadian, which you may add, hashtag Canada 150. Oh my God. So shout out to James Fuck. Cameron for being a national treasure. Quick shout out to... I'm not going to shout him out. Don't um, fucking shout him out. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, if we haven't made it clear enough, Avatar is the film we're going to talk about because we both kind of realized 
that we've only seen this film once. Probably when it came out. Do you see yeah. it in theaters? Saw it in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like would. Actually, I know what your first 3D movie was. <laughs> it wasn't this. Because I think this was a lot... Unfortunately, it was not. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I think... I only bring that up because I think a lot of people's first 3D movie was Avatar, I think. Because there was, there was what, two movies that kind of were released basically around the same time that had 3D and it was Avatar and... Well, there's another one that was actually a couple years before. It was actually a little ahead of its time. It was Are like 2007. Oh, really? I'll do a quick fact check, but... Damn. Uh, the movie, of course, that Kyle's talking about is Journey to the Center of the Earth. Featuring with our boy, our Brendan Fraser. Good old Brendan Fraser. Yeah, it was a year before Avatar. Holy 2008. Fuck. I thought it was two actually, but it was only one. But so still, that was yeah, both of our firsts because we saw that together. Yeah, we definitely saw Journey Center Earth together. Um, <laughs> I think that was the first time we ever tried to do a podcast actually too, wasn't it? I think we went been. back to like, we might have talked about it afterwards on like, like that shitty Sony Handycam thing I had. Yeah, which is kind of tight looking back at it actually. I kind of missed that thing. <laughs> it had a good design. It had like that block design that like, flipped out. It was a good I look. I like that. I like that. Shout day. out to Sony. They're making great movies. Oh, pixel. <laughs> um, fair enough. I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, like this is this is the, this, but this is the 3D movie staple in a way. I think like this is what everyone since is being like. Well, was it better than Avatar? How good was the 3D? This is was the, the 3D better 3D, than Avatar? Yeah, this is the 3D bread and butter. This is also fucking James Cameron's. Well, fuck. I guess it's his bread and his butter is titanic i don't have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but like he he's, he makes huge films now like this is the guy that's known for doing terminator 2 dude, another huge film dude fucking goes big he did aliens actually right full circle yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there you go he did aliens so he did a lot of like sequels he kind of like actionized every sequel he did of course terminator 1 was action film as well but he made it a bigger action film in a way, he's kind of like the good Michael Bay. That's kind of how I've always looked at him. Okay. Where it's like he makes these huge fucking films, these like large scope movies that, for the most part, land. You know, they land well. I don't know if I, I'll look at his filmography, but I can't think of the guy flopping much. So, first of all, what we should say is if you haven't heard of Avatar, like, you should maybe fucking check it out there. Dude, but I, I don't I know what fucking rock you were hiding on. But it is basically Pocahontas with blue people. Yeah. I guess is the best way to describe Pocahontas, it. It's uh, Dances with Wolves. It's like, it's a uh, Fern Gully. It's all those fucking movies. It's like the the guy gets taken into the wilderness so, uh, or like a, or a, a different group of people, a, yeah, different, a foreigner. different civilization. He's a yeah. foreigner, foreigner in an unknown world land. And he becomes assimilated in that world and, you know... Becomes a part of it and has to fight back against his own people to educate them or whatever. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a level of that and... But it is, like, identical to that. Like, it's, It is that story, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, people always say that there's, like, only seven plot lines in the... And only actual, like, seven, like... Or 17 or something like that, like, actual stories and everything is just an offshoot of those stories. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I get that. And I don't really want to, like, hinder this film too much for that. No, we're, we're not going to hate on it for that. We'll, we'll crack a few goofs and gaps. Uh, but it, it's weird because, like... Avatar is like it kind of blows my like honestly Avatar is kind of like Shrek to me it's like looking back at this how was this that successful like when you, in, in hindsight Avatar is a weird fucking concept or like in terms of design and everything it's a weird fucking concept I think you're right I think it's heavily to do with the 3D thing because first of all let's be honest how many fucking people went to see Journey of the Sun of the Earth well we can probably tell you really quick <laughs> how much money did this motherfucker make oh god I forgot there's so much to this series so anyways <laughs> 
Continue. Journey to the center of the Earth. I think, you know, a few people went out and saw it, but I don't think the 3D blew anyone's mind because it, that movie fucking sucks. Well, it made but, $242 million. It, it was a successful film, but okay, I think six, the reason behind that is six, because it was in 3D and because every ticket is like 3 or $4 more when you go right, to buy a 3D ticket. Which is which is exactly my point. So my point is, is Journey to the Center of the Universe fucking sucks and the 3D they showed in it probably wasn't that great and didn't blow anyone's mind, but people went to see it anyway because it was in 3D. Right. It's not a lot of people, but enough for it to be successful. Then Avatar came out, which... It's a good movie. Is it though? Like that's that's really what I'm trying to dig in here. Well, I think from what I remember, from what I recall, I think it's a good movie. Now that was eight years ago when I saw it, but yeah, that's the thing. It's from, like my like a lot of time has clouded my vision on Avatar. To be honest with you, true. And I, I remember it being a pretty fucking lengthy film. Like what's but the I think time more importantly, the, what we should note is that. The 3D in this movie was obviously better than the 3D that was going on in Center Journey to the Center of the Universe. So when you ask people what's the first 3D movie that they've seen, even if they did see Journey to the Center of the Earth, they probably fucking forgot about that shit and remember Avatar. Um, this is almost a three-hour long film. I just want to point that out. I, of course it is. I th like that's what I remember. Like this film to me just felt like oh god, it almost really goes against my belief on long films, because it's kind of this idea where you're in it for so long while you're watching it in 3D that you get immersed in the world, right. which I guess doesn't go against my theory. Like that's why I like long films because I I get immersed in the world, and I think that was kind of Avatar's like trump card like hey we got you now like yeah. we got your you feel like because remember there was even a, a syndrome of some kind going out going along that time it was out where oh. people were actually killing themselves after leaving the film thinking they could go to the avatar world well not even that but like they were so immersed in that world that the real like day-to-day non-3d life without the glasses was a downer for them and they were being depressed and they would rather right. be watching Avatar. There's very small cases of this, but it's a ridiculous story to recall. Yeah, I remember, I re yeah, I remember and it's, that fucking And it, it reminds me of... There was like mus like mild cults around that Yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing and it was just like this idea that you know, you were just so immersed in this 3D world that nothing could be better than it. Yeah. Whatever. And it's, it, it's, it's weird and I, I think maybe that is like... A factor that, unfortunately, we're probably not going to really, like, talk too much about in the second half, only because this isn't in 3D. So the whole 3D yeah. aspect of this film isn't necessarily what we're going to be talking about, because I think what we're trying that's to discuss right. right now is that's why we think this was successful. We're going to talk about the actual I think it was film. a huge contributing reason to why yeah. it was successful, Again, maybe absolutely. not. In, I think, like, we were t you were just talking about Journey to the Center of the Earth and, it, you know, how it was successful, but it wasn't $2 billion successful, so it wasn't just the 3D. That was a kid's right. movie, you know. Kids' movies make a fuck ton of money, but... You know, it's geared towards kids. Adults aren't that stoked to go see it on their own. Right. Whereas Avatar is a PG-13 film pretty much does, made for everyone. Exactly. It does. It has a, have a, has a wide appeal and it's got a cool character or, or like a CGI character design. Well, there's, there's right? a lot of mystery to it. I think it's, it's, it's a little it looks different. interesting. And yeah. I mean, I remember it honestly looking really like well done. Like to be honest with you, I remember seeing Avatar and being like, oh shit, this is actually cool 3D. Like when yeah. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Or, you know, so it will be interesting to see this film in a 2D setting, I guess you could say, or whatever. It, it will be different to never focus on just the movie, the story, and the visuals they put into play without the 3D aspect. And again, eight years has passed. Yeah, like, so just to clarify, like, 
did you 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 remember yourself enjoying this film or were you so so on it? No, I remember enjoying it. I remember getting into the theater saying like you know it was fucking three D was crazy. Right. I remember thoroughly enjoying it. Like I okay. remember enjoying the experience overall. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much with you. I'm pretty much with you on that. I guess the one thing I just remember myself as being like, oh, well, the 3D was good. But, like, I don't really remember if, if the movie was good. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, it was, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I agree. So, and, like, in all honesty, we were actually going to do a different podcast today. We were going to cover a different film, and then I, like, brought some over, and I was looking at my collection. I was like, fuck, Avatar. Look, we should weird talk one. about Avatar, yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about this movie enough, but I think a lot of people will be because what we were recently just looking at is there's in theory by 2025, there will be five avatar films made. Yes. And this so, August, they're going to be start shooting avatars number two, which I completely forgot about. Like he announced number two and three, I think like a year after this came out, that was seven years ago. Yeah. So, and so yeah, exactly. It's going to start filming. The first one comes out in 2020, or the second Avatar comes out in 2020. <laughs> right, the right. third comes out in 2021. The fourth comes out in 2024. Yeah, 2024. And right. the fifth comes out in 2025. Okay, that kind of makes sense, actually, because if I recall, they sh- they're, they're planning to shoot and produce number two and three back-to-back, and so they come back, they come out like... Yeah, pretty year close. after each other it's oh, kind of okay. like they did that with Back to the Future back in the day actually like number one came out and then a couple years later two came out and then the next year later three, three came, came out because they shot two and three at the same time right okay uh, same with The Matrix they do, it, uh, they do that from time to time with a lot of bigger films um, and I guess he's just going to make four more of them which is <laughs> I like, mean like it's it, a lot of fucking Avatar I don't know how it's many a more weird... Pocahontas stories we can take well I mean obviously he's going to take I'm a different I'm, I remember hearing that the second one was just going to be all underwater or something like that oh and like he's honestly, all- I think the I think I do remember the world design being fairly cool. Like I remember there being like some neat sky islands and like the right. jungle was cool. Yeah, the, the environment some was cool interesting. animals and that like the the CGI world and that was another thing is like CGI was becoming so cool and they spent a- like it was looking better than yeah, before. it was looking better back in those days. So I think. So they they he did a good job of building the world and the CGI and the character design and stuff. So, but it's going to be interesting to see what other worlds come of it. Just because I, from what I remember, it it seemed to be a pretty interesting uh, I'm a, environment. I'm just I'm just immediately skeptical and worried because to me it seems like this is a film that's been pushed back for what eight years almost seven years. Yeah. To the point where it's probably just been recreated from the ground up. Because this is coming out 11 years after the first one. Very true. So at that point, you're trying to start a whole franchise world, universe, whatever the fuck you want to call it. You're trying to do that 11 years later. This is probably going to be a whole new Avatar. Like, literally, like if you were born in 2009, you're going to be 11 by the time Avatar 2 comes out. Which okay. means you probably haven't seen Avatar 1 at all. But now you're there for the second one. It's just, it's a little weird to me. But it, we're, we're gonna not even going to know. We're not yeah. going to for a long fucking it's, time. But it's tough to say how it's going to go. I mean, um, if we're still doing this show in 2020, um, we'll be talking about Avatar 2. In the meantime, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and watch Avatar, the, the first, I guess, of the proposed five. And I guess we'll catch you guys when we're back after the break. Yeah, see you then. And we're back, folks. We've just finished watching this, the Avatar once again, the Avatar, the film of the, the Avatar. Yes, James Cameron's 
3D Avatar. Not to be confused with Avatar The Last Airbender, right? That's a thing. Right, or some 2004 version of Yeah, some Avatar. weird, like, like, like Chinese-produced, like, av- movie called Avatar that we randomly stumbled into while looking into this. But you're right, Daniel. We just saw Avatar for the second time, actually, which, in all fairness, is slightly surprising that we've only seen this movie once. It is. This. It is actually. But it felt so familiar, honestly, watching this again. Yeah, it did. This two hour and 40 minute film. <laughs> um, and let me tell you, um, it feels that long. It really does. This, this, this is a live. Oh, li- I'm, I'm yawning. That's dude. a live I'm yawn. tired. We just watched it. Um, uh, let's get into it. I got some notes. But you know, this is this is a this is one that we should maybe set the stage on just a little bit because we really didn't talk about the actual story in the first half. Initial right. pres- impressions and what we thought of the film was what we like to cover on the we, first half. We, there, we did have some predictions like the three D was gonna maybe take us out of it because this movie was so three D focused when it came out. And right. It was like, look at our CGI, look at our three D, take a look at what we can do. James Cameron wrote this. Yeah. Hey. He, he definitely did. We'll get into we'll get into all that. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's briefly put a, a small plot synopsis out here. What, so do you want to set the stage for us? I can set the stage. Okay. So earthlings have discovered, um, humans have discovered, uh, uh earthlings uh, work. I earthlings, guess. <laughs> yeah, humans, why not? They have discovered uh, a highly valuable, uh, mineral that we know almost nothing about called Unobtainium. Which, That's right, folks, because it's practically unobtainable. unobtainable. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I kind of like the name. <laughs> it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's very dumb, but so okay. Th- there is there is two uh, sides of thoughts to the human that have the humans that are stationed on the planet of. Did they did they mention the planet? Oh yeah, it's Pandora. Oh yeah, Pandora. <laughs> right. Um, the planet Pandora, inhabited by the native people, the Navi. Yes. Um, the first uh, thought is by the the, the more uh, narrow minded militant side of uh, this group of humans. The that RDA. The RDA, yes. It's all you vapors out there, you know. They strictly are there to um, uh, harvest these minerals and, and get out. If the Navi don't like it, then they're prepared to just fucking lay waste to them. No worries, because the people down on Earth don't give a shit. Um, yeah, yes. Where the other train of thought, led by Sigourney Weaver. Which is another, is another Aliens connection. Yeah, another, really. yet another Aliens connection. And this movie feels a lot like a bad alien film <laughs> a lot of the time. That might be pushing it slightly. I'm not saying the movie is bad, but it, like it feels like bad aspects of alien creep into this movie. Right. That's what I'll clarify. So essentially the humans are on Pandora. One group of them wants to just fucking lay waste to the place and steal the minerals. Sigourney Weaver's group is there to research the planet and understand the people. And they can see that there's something uh, more... Uh, more to this planet than meets the eye, and then this specific uh, unobtainium mineral. And the and the and so the and organization, or not the organization, but the the program they run that Scott Reaver runs is called the Avatar Program. Yes, which is the title of the film, and also how you know things get kickstarted. How do we how do we get this Pocahontas story started? Exactly, and so it's a. It's it's a Pocahontas story, just as that uh, uh, intruders invade. Um, part of them are greedy, but one of them ends up joining forces with the natives of the planet to fight back. Now they're able to research the Navi people and will live and 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 
do things in and, and breathe in this world by jumping in a uh, body that is grown from human DNA crossed with Navi DNA and paired to the specific person's DNA. So they can basically hop in um, some kind of machine that puts them in the body, in a second body. Right. It's like your own avatar. What conveniently named. And with this program, the Avatar program, at the beginning of the film, and our main protagonist is introduced, Jake Sully. Good old Jake Sully. Whose uh, brother, whose name I forget, but honestly doesn't really matter, uh, has passed away. But since they're twin brothers, they have enough similar DNA in which Jake can inhabit his brother's avatar because he is a scientist with a PhD. And they mentioned that he has a PhD many times. Right, they do. Uh, Really driving home the fact that you need a PhD to be important. Shout out to uh, socio pressures, um, but uh, you know. So, anyways, he's he's able to basically take uh, the host body avatar or whatever that yes. the Sigourney Weaver and Co have created for him to in- inhabit. So he takes that on and he becomes, uh, you know, one of the Navi basically. And at first, he's on the side A Navi person. It's, it's a- kind of weird, actually. And I think about it, how like they're all just like chilling as like Navi cross human people. It's kind of weird. It's, it's a little it, it is a little weird. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if I like that aspect of the film, but I, I think I like its its originality because I don't think I've seen anything like that before in a film. That's true. I mean, like they, as much as we were kind of uh, shitting on the idea, we even said maybe we shouldn't shout it too hard, but as much as we were like shitting on the idea that it's like a Pocahontas, uh, Dances with Wolves, Fringali kind of thing, <laughs> uh, it, it really at least goes in its own direction. Yeah, for the most part, which which is and it honestly takes why this twists movie, and turns and yeah, 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 and that's why this movie still is passable and not doesn't feel like a, a straight ripoff because it really doesn't. In all honesty, there's a lot of creativity here, and the world of Pandora is, for the most part, pretty interesting. I'd say, and that's that's where I think the film is rememberable enough because even initially thinking about this film, I'd be like to myself thinking. Oh, I just remember him being an avatar and him, you know, experiencing the, the Navi and then the military scenes were just kind of boring and uh, yeah. predictable, which yeah, exactly. kind of reigns true. Like, I think. yeah, I, I think exactly the same thing that the, the world and the nature, like even if the CGI, CGI is starting to seem a little funky, um, yeah. they still build a pretty cool world. There's like floating islands. and Those are really cool, honestly. I like the, I liked the floating islands. The floating islands. islands, yeah. I think they're called the, the Hallelujah Mountains. Is that, that what they call them? Something sure. like that. I um, and I think I this, believe any kind of like... Uh, potentially made up name you tell me right now because they use them all in this movie. Oh, pretty much, dude. And uh, The main villain in this is so corny, but before before we talk about, uh, get into the plot a little more, I kind of want to talk about why the fuck is Jake Sully disabled and why does that matter? It's, why does that play into the plot at all? I, it's just to build up sympathy for the guy. It's to be like, oh, he's a good guy, you know, but he, he's here, under, he's a, he's here right. under circumstances that he can't control. And it's supposed to also play into the sympathy factor of him being given legs and the ability to walk when he becomes an avatar. Right. So it, I will agree with you though, that it, it feels so forced at the it, beginning. Yeah. It's, it's forced. It just kind of doesn't need to be there. Cause it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like it has nothing to do with the story. I guess it's a plot device to, to make you think that this Jake Sully guy must really love being in the avatar world or yeah. being in the, in the Pandora Navi world. Well, and that's shown to us for a couple minutes, but then you're right. It immediately has no, purpose to exist yeah it's like you must love being in there because he 
has legs finally, which I get, but also it's kind of like, I don't think it's necessary. Anyways, that kind of, for a minute. Arctia a bit. Yeah, that kind of got to me for a second. Like, that wasn't, why that was he, weird. I will agree with like, you. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, it was, you know, it's, it's the little things in the movie that I think make it a little a little forgettable to be honest with you there's not as much as as much as there is creativity and there is a lot of originality uh wholeheartedly and i don't want to take that away it's the fact that the film as i wrote down is the most generic movie ever and maybe that's why it's so successful because it caters to so many different audiences it's it's you got your star wars in there you got you got your you, you got your classic sci-fis. Yeah, you got your passengers. There's a lot of passengers references as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think passengers may have ripped off Avatar. I think they may, might have. Like the first 10 minutes of Avatar. They Very totally... similar to passengers. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, you know, like, I'm not even kidding. Like the ships that they show at the beginning... I thought I was watching like Star Wars Episode Two. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, it looks exactly like that it's, shit. It's true. They very much try to pull that aspect of it. So you got your 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 sci-fi that's ripping off other sci-fi, making it generic sci-fi. Um, and like it's, the Navi world or the Pandora world is of course original, and I don't really know what else to compare it to. In all fairness, but right. at the end of the day, it's the overall tone is nothing really new. It's it's nothing really. Uh, super groundbreaking but what is is the visuals for right. its time being made and it's funny because i always um like well hello actually about this in the first half i always kind of say like i don't really understand the impact of a film if i'm not there present as it's happening yeah so it's funny to look at something like this where i was there you know i was like we were like what 13 14 ish when this came out something like that somewhere in that range yeah. i don't know so you know prime age to be going to, to the movie theater basically or to be seeing movies especially literally the most grossing film of all time so we saw this movie we saw it being such a groundbreaking thing to witness and now as we go back and watch it we can kind of real i think i think it's easy to determine why basically i think we were pretty much right on the first half that it came down to the visuals at the time yeah at the time it was like well it was like it was word of mouth because it's one of those movies that it's it's so much better to watch in theaters yeah uh because it's a massive world building thing and they and and they they show off a lot of cool visuals and yeah cgi at the time was was kind of pushing the limits hey look at what we can do and 3d was the hot new thing so i get why it took off that way um i think it i I still think it's very generic but i want to point out that though it is the highest grossing movie of all time does it show up on the best movies of all time list it's funny you bring that up because in this year that it was uh released it was not only for best picture (coughs) And, <coughs> di- and and didn't win. So it, it won yeah. to uh, The Hurt Locker, which ironically was James Cameron's ex-wife, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Right, I remember that. And he gave her... He gave her the script, script allegedly, yeah. to Hurt Locker and said, you should direct this. And then mm-hmm. she beat him. Whatever, if you want to look at it that way. But yeah, so you're right, Daniel. Like, this is not necessarily even what I was saying to you. Like, is this... is It's arguably the most popular movie of all time, but in reality, it's not. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly so much like, a, it's a time and place kind of movie. Honestly, Exactly. It's a, it, it's a movie that dates itself in a lot of different ways, like different yeah. ways than, than we usually complain about. Yeah, um, it's, and yeah. it, it, people are going to continue to talk about the Godfather and, you know, other big, big movies like Casablanca. Like, I don't know, like all those classics, yeah, yeah. people are going to continue to talk about them forever. But the only reason Avatar might be talked about is like oh it started the 3d movement and not even really it kind of jumped back like it it pushed the 3d movement well yeah i it totally did push 
the 3D movement, but in a way I've always kind of seen it as hindering the 3D movement because it was the best example of 3D at the time. And to a degree, like I can't completely judge a 3D right now because I haven't watched it again in 3D. Right. But that being said, to me it was always everything after Avatar that was in 3D. I'd be like, that wasn't that good 3D. Avatar was better. And right. I would kind of start like judging 3d movies and be like oh, i really don't want to see it in 3d it's not worth my money yeah exactly Do you know what i mean and that, well that's the biggest problem now and they trap you to watch it in 3d sometimes which is really unfortunate and it, and it can be an interesting like when i watch a modern film in 3d it's it's enhancing enough to say oh that was enjoyable to watch but in all honesty it's never something where i'm like i needed to see that in 3d yeah, not a, not unless it's like super utilized. It usually feels like an, a, a total afterthought. It and a lot you, of time it is. They'll they'll post render the film in three D to be visible in three D. They'll yeah. make the film. With, but in all fairness, Avatar was made with three D technology, like three D lenses. It was made right. to be shown in three D. Yeah, and so and it, but it sh and it showed in the final product because it, there was these aspects that. Uh, there was these aspects of 3D technology that were so visible in the theater that no one had ever seen it before. And again, we can't judge that version of the film, but we're talking about it in reference to why it was so successful. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think that if you're going to use 3D, please shoot with 3D lenses. Don't render it afterwards just to jack the prices of our tickets. And, and nowadays, I don't know about you, but most people I run into are, are kind of try to avoid 3D. It's more expensive, it's and it gives some people headaches. People who wear glasses like us gotta it's fuck a, around with the 3D glasses and either take ours off or I don't know oh, what dude, we gotta. I never take mine off. I I wouldn't see the film. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. No, you're right, and it's. I think I think we've already almost even passed an age of people getting annoyed of 3D. And because of that, they've offered other examples of like uh, enhanced theater experiences and food. Like fucking and shaking seats. Oh, D-Box. Your sheet shakes, shakes when there's a machine gun going on. Dude, fuck D-Box. Cool. In all fairness, we watched the worst movie. We saw War Dogs in D-Box. But which... in theory, that should have been a great movie to watch in D-Box, right? Because it's supposed to, based on the trailer, we're supposed to be big, super okay, action-y. Well, yeah, and like fucking, you know, they're going through, what do they call it? The Triangle of Death or some shit? Yeah, yeah, you're right. But... It, I'm just even saying, like, that's just, like, a gimmick they're also trying to, like, they're like, if we've done 3D, people like it, it's proven to be kind of getting stale, we gotta throw some different ideas out there right. to make an extra buck. Uh, which, whatever, fair enough, I guess, to some degree. Uh, but, it, yeah, the 3D technology in Avatar was the highest standard at the time. And I... I just... I've always thought that if you're gonna really rely on technology for a film, even if it's fucking awesome at the time, and even awesome for, for like, five years down the road... It's gonna be dated at some point in time. Right. If you're if you're creating films with interesting stories, interesting characters, those are timeless. You name some great examples: Godfather, Casablanca. Yeah. I, even if I look at Star Wars, fucking shit on me if you want to. At the end of the day, Star Wars was impressive for the way it looked. Yeah. The story it told was a ripoff of a Kurosawa film, and I'll stand by that. So I mean, that's just how it is. But at the end of the day, the characters were so memorable. So. That's why we have it existing in our pop culture, you know, ecosystem. It, people don't necessarily look back at Star Wars for the visuals because there was other aspects to the movie that were so uh, impressive and the fact that we can remember every robot from that and that's that's why it's brought back to the world. Right. But if you look at a movie, even like... I'm going to honestly say like, probably like the first Transformers movie, like that's probably going to look so, like not that memorable like years from now. Do you know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's, it relied on technology too much. The technology and CGI, yeah. Or even now, like I a, got an, even I got this another... one really. Like in all honesty, like it's, it's, sure, it's nine years later or however many years, seven years later, whatever, six, well, I don't know how long ever it's been. It's been a long time. And we're already getting kind of to the point where we have to judge the way it looks. 
which is kind of weird, right? Right. Yeah. Under a decade, eight years later, it's it's getting a little nuts. But okay, I want to bring up something that we talked about during the film, kind of briefly and tied in with this. Is do you think for the following four fucking sequels for this movie that James Cameron is going to focus as heavily on the 3D as he did with this one? And if that's the case, do you think he's going to remaster it to up the technology of this one and have like another re-release again? I completely think he will. Answer your second question. Yes, I do think he will re-release this to some degree. Right. I don't know if he'll enhance it. Probably a little bit, to be honest. Because if we're talking about that, the one of the most successful parts of this movie was that it catered to a massively broad audience, yeah. and it took advantage of new 3D technology and focused very heavily on the 3D aspect of it. Do you think he's going to try the same thing again? I think he should continue with that theme if he's made it so prevalent in the first one. I think you're right. But that being said... Is that going to make a better or worse movie? Uh, is it going to be able to compete? Is it going to... Well, it's... it's. I mean, if I were to talk to the guy face-to-face and give him some suggestions, yeah. <laughs> I guess I would just essentially hope, at least, that he'd be looking at this in terms of it's the, the, the larger picture, like things that we've said, things that other people have said that have hindered the film. Right. And I think most people probably just say, like, sure, it's, it was visually impressive. It is visually impressive to a degree still. But at the end of the day, it's lacking a lot of depth. It's yeah, it's lacking depth. So the, it's, the dialogue is is very so like I would okay. Hope he, would, he would focus on that, and he's had a lot of time to essentially develop a whole world behind it. So yep. I'm hoping some of that is going to be engaging to some degree. But I, you know, my if I were to make an honest prediction, I think he will pr- use 3D or something. But he'll probably honestly look at a different form of technology. Something that we might not even think of right now. Not that it's so out of our ra- mind range, but right. maybe something like VR or something that is... Because Avatar right, to him like is all about... Maybe the 3D glasses are going to be like uh, strapped to your seat and you have to put them on your yeah, face or something, something like, like that. that. I'm not talking about like unrealistic technology. I'm just talking about utilizing newer technology. Right. And I think... Because a lot of what I've been reading is like his idea with Avatar is like an evolution of the movie experience. So he, like, he okay. was, it was founded on the idea of using a new technology to enhance the film. So the fact that he's taken so long to do it, because if you think about it, if he did release this in 2012 or 2011, the technology wouldn't have advanced much. And yeah, not much. It would have been a little, a little bit, bit cleaner. Yeah, a little cleaner, yeah. but at the end of the day, not much of a leap. So, I mean, I, if I, I can't predict exactly what he's going to do, but that would be my prediction is he's going to find right. something a little different. Well, if that's the case, I think that makes, that almost makes me like the franchise more because he's yeah. at least trying new things with technology and incorporating technology into film, which I can appreciate. Um, but I think at the bare level, at the bare bones level, there still needs to be a decent film there. And this is decent, but yeah. I think it, it there's there's a lot of room for improvements. The script is very, very PG, which I understand, and that's fine, but I think it could be a little bit more creative. Like, the for example... Is, yeah, the script is the worst part, for sure. Yeah, because, the I mean, the bad guy in this constantly... What, what's some of the fucking lines this guy says? Oh, God. Do you remember any off the like, top of your head? If I'm still living, it's not over. Yeah, if I'm still living, it's never over. It's kind of like, oh man, is that really corny? You couldn't think of uh, anything yeah. else to well, say. It's the it's it's a weird thing where it's almost feels kind of like a like an anti-war film in a way, catered towards like like Americans. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Maybe yeah. Like it, it's weird because it's so much like the bad guys are kind of like 
to me like a lot of American stereotypes in a way, which is kind of weird. Right, like thick-headed and 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 all about the money or greedy or yeah, you know, that kind of thing. It's yeah. it's a little. I think the reason it's kind of boring those aspects. It's like so heavy-handed how bad bad of people they are. Like there's a lot yeah. a lot of like bad organizations in films and stories will at least have some good qualities to look at like their reasoning for what they're doing. But these guys are just like purely like. I just want money. Let's they, fuck everything. Who they're, cares? They're, there's nothing to sympathize with them about at and, all. And so that you don't to me is feel just a any... lack of depth, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. That's exactly what it is. Is The, the, the movie overall is, is lacking depth. The world building, the visuals, the CGI, how it was implemented, um, how he brought this to, to an audience I think it's impressive. Was, was impressive. And that's, uh, the, the depth of the story and the dialogue re- needs some work there, Mr. Mr. Cameron. Uh, but you know what? The more I think about it, that is, that's enough to keep, to keep this going. Because if you think right. about it, he, he has an interesting world. And I, we both agree on that. And I would even recommend anyone who is going to watch this again to really look at that. Because I think the world of Pandora, I don't know, maybe not my first, my first go to universe that I think is amazing. But at the end of the right. day, I thought it was pretty cool. And so I think there's a lot to work on with that. And we were kind of theorizing where it would go. So the fact that even we thought to do that means that there's some investment in it. Yeah. Especially people like us who watch a lot of fucking movies and we're here to critique and review it for you listeners out there. That's saying enough, I guess. And I guess like, yeah, what's, what was your, you know, overall impression watching this effort for a second time? Like, did you, did you think that it was kind of what we thought in terms of like just the visuals. It's yeah, I think it's it's basically what we predicted, uh, and I think it's 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 flat like that. Things I picked up on the second time round, like um, the importance of the world, like the importance of Pandora to the people, because right. uh, everything is interconnected, and there is, and they they do confirm, they do confirm, folks. God confirmed here, okay? There is. Awe does exist. Awe does exist. We found that so, out. So there's... there's there, Religion is real due to Avatar. So they were... I think they kind of call it like Mother Earth or the... Uh, I think it's basically represented physically by the massive tree on the earth. Yeah. But like spiritually, it's represented by the connection... The tree of souls, by the way. Oh, the tree of souls. Yes. Okay, so the, it's repre- like spiritually it's represented by the connection between all plants and living things. Like we constantly are reminded that this tree's roots are connected to this tree's roots and that uh, uh, the Navi people can do what they call the, the great bond or something like that with another animal to be able to like work together seamlessly or kind of they understand each other so they 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 work together or like the a horse will willingly fucking yeah, take it's you like a where you want to go kind of like a yeah it's like an a, imprint kind of idea like we imprint on someone that's like in a lot of different cultures and things like that that's a yeah that's an aspect i guess like i mean the thing is there's so much fucking like lore and like techno babble in this movie yes. like that might be a bit like bit of a reason or argument to support the length of the film, I guess, because if you're going to sit there for three hours, he's at least going to fucking pound into your head why everything is there. Ex- and, yeah, exactly. And, and there, there are some weird things where we're like, how's this happening? How does this work? But for the most part, you get a lot of info. <laughs> so I okay, mean, a you, lot of it kind of makes sense, I guess. My theory on the length of the movie is 
the longer you make it, the more you can cloud the details in and make sure everything's there. But the shorter you make it, the harder it is to make it seamless and not forget anything. So right. I think by making it longer, James Cameron knows that he's got some dope visuals in there that'll keep people busy and he's not going to forget the story elements. But if he was trying to bring this down to, you know, an hour and a half level, even two hours. Two hours would have been fine. Two hours would have been fine. Uh, it's a big movie. Like two hours is okay. Exactly. Two hours would have been totally fine. But I think maybe there could could be some concern that by trimming it, he might have lost out some of the very, very vague character development that we did get well, for I mean, some of these people. I guess in the grand scheme of things, the fact that he has five films planned for it, you know, he wanted, he was, if he was going to show the first film, he was going to put as much info as he fucking could in there. Right, exactly. But at the end of the day, oh, wait, wait, do you think that James Cameron just had the long lengths because he secretly wanted to kill those people that killed themselves? Do you think James Cameron's like a cult leader? Oh my God. I think James Cameron's into to hip, hip, he, hypnotics. He might, hip, or just be like the leader of Illuminati. That guy's got stacks. Oh, dude. He might be. Illuminati confirmed. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm pretty much with you for the most part. Like, I I think, you know, the reason it was so successful, of course, we fucking talked about this a lot already, is just, you know, the, the overall visual aspect of the film and the way it was shot and whatnot and the way it was put to the audience in terms of the time and date, you know, it was like 3D was the big fucking thing. And the way know, it was presented, yeah, it's impressive how we went about it. If if anything's to be said about James Cameron, it's his ability to market his film, I think. Well, when you bring, have so much fucking to, money, to you present can it, it yeah. to, to present that to an audience, he did a he did a fantastic job. Well, it, yeah, it's in, it's intensely ambitious. That's how I decide to put it because it still shows to some degree, and it has some of that charm of like a huge scale film. If yeah. you look at his last movie, it was Titanic, like right. another huge. Titanic film, if you will, <laughs> a huge fucking movie, and you know, sure, the CGI honestly to this day is aged decently, and it kind of aged better than I expected. In all honesty, there's some really ridiculous parts, but there is that was some. somewhat to be expected. I can't, I can't hate him too hard on that, and I think it's just this idea that people like things that are familiar, but they like when familiar things are presented to them in a new way. That's and, very and, true, and it feels, it feels, it's comforting but exciting, and I that's. I think that's honestly what Avatar is. It's like it's this idea that I'm, we've seen it before, yeah. and we we were very understanding of what it's trying to do and what it's trying to say. But when it's presented to you in a new way, it still feels like a brand new idea, and and in that way it can succeed. I mean, apparently according to the wiki, uh, he had the idea for this in 1994, and was apparently drawing inspiration from every single science fiction book ever made. <laughs> oh my god which is L just a little uh, pretentious but yeah i guess you, but can, you can see you it you can see it honestly there's so much of that in there and even <clears throat> even taking the extra 15 years or whatever to let it sit even more science fiction can be seen within the film so i think yeah. long story short on a second viewing the thing that is most prevalent is uh, the papyrus font the the, the it's, <laughs> in, it's in every single thing the the good old papyrus that's literally the only font choice in the entire film is papyrus that's fucking hilarious. But on a second viewing, I got to say that the most, uh, the most notable thing again is the visuals. Uh, and and if you did enjoy the story the first time, it might become a little bit more dry the second time, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. That's would you would you recommend it on a second viewing? Though? Would you recommend someone to check it out if they've already seen the film once and they want to watch it again? Would you say yeah, go for it, do it? Um. Again, it's it's tough to say. I think to certain people, yes, but for majority, I would say no. You think if you've seen it once, I think if, if someone's never seen it before, would you recommend it? 
If they've never seen it before, yes, I'd recommend it. All right. I'm with you. I think if you've seen this, like, uh, whatever, eight years ago in theaters, honestly, I don't know if I'd, rec- I don't know if I'd recommend it. Yeah. I would say hold out for approximately a year and a half when it probably comes to theaters again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, if, if you've never seen it before, it's an interesting piece of film history enough. I can put it that it way. It is, yeah. Because it's... it's it's the highest chosen film of all time. There's something to be said about it. And the, uh, even just saying Avatar, it's still a familiar name. It's it's a weird thing because it's kind of out of public consciousness, but it has such a historical importance. And that's why we want to cover this. And it was, it, I'm glad we did this over Collateral Beauty. I just want to point that out. Thank the Lord. But uh, point that I will also say that probably will come up in the future at some point again. Unfortunately, folks. It might. But again, guys, this is, this is of course, we're, we're probably wrap things up. This has been the end of the show. Um, you know, if you guys enjoyed this episode of the Second Viewing Podcast, feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on SoundCloud. You can find our uh, sister shows there as well, uh, Off the Cuff. This is uh, another program we do where we cover new films or films we've never seen before for the first time. And we even have some new stuff coming up as well, so stay tuned for that. Um, you can follow us on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. Oh, p- podcast sites you know we're on them all yeah the, all, all iTunes, that kind of good stuff uh, stitcher uh, google play music that's another one peep came on that I, i've seen some people going there so that's cool um yeah if you want to get in touch you can also email us at the second viewing at gmail.com we'll hit you back there but you know as always uh we'll see you guys next week i'm kyle i'm dan check you guys later